season two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Right. 402-403-9478. Um, we got some text messages. Um, I'll get to those in a sec, but I just wanted to share some knowledge. You know when people what? always say I'm I was this People don't come old. here for knowledge, Pat. Well, they're going to today whether they're going to be force-fed <laughs> knowledge and that's going to be the title of today's podcast, force-feeding knowledge. Okay. Um let me write that down otherwise I will forget because I'm not that smart. Thankfully uh, it's recorded so you can go back and listen. Right. Good actually you know what? that's a very good point. <laughs> Ironic that that's going to be the title of the show today. Um so I was you know, people online on the internet say I was this many years old, today years old when I found discovered blah blah blah. Well, yeah. Um Yesterday, I learned something about driveways since we're in the middle of getting ours redone. Oh. I learned that the little, the little whatever cracks, the little lines in the driveways yeah. are put in after it hardens. I, I thought true. I thought they were done like it was done as a segment and then another segment and then another segment, but they put and they them in drew after. sticks in the line. No, they yeah they cut the concrete so it doesn't crack. Yeah, and, and I knew that I I knew it was separated. I didn't know they cut it. I thought you it was like made in it. little thingy. I mean, you've I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe you just didn't it didn't register. But they had the giant like a giant table saw mm-hmm. upside down, and they're just across it, and there's a dust going everywhere, and it's yeah that yeah. thing. Yep. Probably seen it before, just didn't register. I, I've seen it like on the interstate and stuff like that, but I've never I've never been around anybody. I've never gotten a driveway replaced, so I didn't, I've never had any reason to ever think about it. Like, I'm like, where do those cracks come from? I never thought about it, but learned that yesterday, and I learned that those machines they use are super scary. Yeah, it's it's not for a. Uh, it's it's like you're not going to just like that's going to my my new job is I'm going to start putting in driveways. Right. Let's go buy some stuff. You know, it's right. like ah, you're going to need some apprentice years on Holy that. Holy cow! Right. I know. Uh, and I I know you and I talked about this um, off the pod yesterday. But these guys that are doing this, man, you see, you talk to some some kids and people or whatever that are super lazy, don't like to work, want to sit at home, not do anything, or complain about stuff. These guys doing this driveway are the hardest workers, and they are yeah. they they were there two days ago when it was a thousand degrees, um, working through the rain, pulling all this stuff, didn't complain about anything, super nice. And when they left, everything was cleaned up. Even they knew they were coming yeah. back the next morning, and you couldn't even tell they were there except for there was no driveway like it's that's what i always like when you have crew that works um and and it sadly you remember it because it stands out and it shouldn't be the exception to the rule right but it is the exception to the rule um when i've had work done and you notice the difference when the one worker leaves and everything looks exactly as it did when they got there or better Mm -hmm. um whether it's outside or inside um, you just kind of expect you're going to have to clean shit up. Um, and then when somebody does their job and you're just like, wow. Yeah. It, you, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're right. That shouldn't That's be, awesome. that shouldn't stand out, but it does. So if anybody yeah. needs a driveway guy, let me know. I got, very good. I got well, look one. at you having a guy. Mm, I got a guy now. <laughs> got a guy. His name's Juan. That's awesome. Good mm-hmm. for you. Juan and his crew. Yep. Juan and his crew. Very good. All right. Well, cool. Did you want to do text messages yeah. here or did you want to, what do you want to start with? Let's, let's grab one of these text messages. Um, this is from Sarah. She was okay. listening to episode 601 said when I, ta- I was talking about the airline disaster show on Smithsonian, she said, I love that show. Little exclamation point. My dad was watching an episode and I got hooked. So true about English only. And even international, even on international cases that, and that that's what I, I love that about that show. doesn't matter. They don't care. It's all English. So we can understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's even funnier is that I'm not a great flyer. Pat, let's, <laughs> ha- let's have an airline disasters chat sometime. Love the podcast. Thanks, Sarah. 
the things we bond over. Right. (laughs) What I've learned about that show too, like we all, you know, they do such a good job reenacting things and they will take, um, you know, the cockpit recorders and all this kind of stuff and, and re reenact this stuff. But the, the people that investigate these crashes and incidents are geniuses. Like I don't, they can pick, they yeah. can take, there was one that I remember where they they never found the black boxes, either one of them. And all they had was, um, actually, I'm sorry. They they did find the voice, but there was nothing on it, but they didn't find the data one at all. And all they had was a picture a couple pictures of, of this, of different, like from a security camera or whatever. And they figured out how the plane crashed. Cause there was something they could see some, a streak falling down here and a little smoke coming out of where it's not supposed to. It's they're just genius. Mm-hmm. All of them. No, it, it really, it's, it's fascinating. When you talk about that, I, I do like watching those things. Um, especially like, well, remember when they had that Malaysia airliner that went down and they, and they didn't even know where it went. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, cause it was out over the middle of the Indian ocean. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, how are we going to, and then finally something, something came ashore on another country and they, they figured out it was from that plane. And so then they went back and they're checking the currents and the weather and the depths and this and that. And that's how they were able to start piecing things together. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, and they, they did one uh, on that value jet that crashed in the Everglades a number mm-hmm. of years ago and how yeah. the, they were finding, they had to dig down 10 and 12 feet into the mud in the Everglades to find the, because they couldn't find any pieces because it was going so fast and went so deep, but yet they found over 80% of the plane, which again is astonishing to me. That's it, crazy. And, yeah. and I like seeing the reconstruction um, areas mm-hmm. where they have like the, the huge Quonset Right. And you've got all the pieces laid out and everything is so, it's so orderly. It's so, yeah. right. <laughs> you, can, you can almost imagine it just like magically lifting up and putting itself together because right. everything is right in place. That's really cool. I don't, I don't get it. Um, there was another one where this guy, it was a, a DC 10 and one of the wing, one of the, um, it's, there's three engines, two under the wing and one on the tail. And I wish people could see you right now. I know flying around doing the little twirlies with my arms. So, Cause like, you don't know the engines are circle. And <laughs> One of the, one of the engines like flipped over one on takeoff, still on the runway, but it was past the point where it could stop. It had to take off. And one of the engines broke off and flew back over. It didn't hit the tail or anything, but flew back over the wing, um, knocked off the hydraulics and ended up crashing, but they had no clue how it happened. And they found a bolt on the, on the um, runway and it was broken in half. And one of the investigators is like, yep, this is it. I mean, the, obviously this is a bolt that holds the, the, whatever engine onto thing. What it was one bolt, one bolt. And, but they went public with it. And the guy, <laughs> this would be me. I'd be the guy that finds the bolt and go, got it done, solved. And then he went to the press. They had a press conference and this guy that works, he's a metal doctor, metal, metallurgist, whatever that, that he's a specialist on metal and in plane crashes to see the distress, if there's fire or whatever. And he saw it on TV and he's part of the department. He's like that. Because he, he goes, that's not how, that's not what happened. So they went and got the bolt. He looked at it. He goes, this was obviously broken. You can tell um, while it hit, when it hit the the runway. Concrete. I'm like, how on, how in the hell? And he was right. How in the hell did he find that out? Did he think? Th-? And at that level, at that level, the guy who said, up oh, here it is, done, case closed. You know, how does that guy get to that level? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it like, well, he almost passed. Let's go ahead and promote him. Right. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter. 
last person in the class is still a doctor. It's still a doctor. Uh-huh. So I, that, but I, I, I related with the guy that found it. He's like, well, there's no other pot. This is a broken bolt that, that holds the engine in. That engine fell off. It crashed. Case solved. I, I, I would, I just have a hard time with the one bolt. Mm-hmm. One bolt holds it all together. Well, one? not to get too scientific-y, but they, they explained it. First of all, it wasn't the, the there was, there actually is three bolts that hold it together. That makes me feel better. There's three. There's one, <laughs> there's one in the front of the, by the engine and two in the back. Um, mm. But yeah, so, but it was a far more complicated reason. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. And well, all, good for you. Now you've fun. made a new friend. So you could, uh, so you can yeah. form your own little uh, airline disaster club. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Watch parties. Well, yeah, we could do. We could have a watch party. I'll, I'll, I'll text Sarah. We'll chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So let's see here. Hold on. Okay. So I have a story. Uh, yesterday, did you see in the news something about the Georgia Guidestones? Uh, no. Is that a baseball okay. team? The Georgia Guide. No, they're not a baseball team. The Georgia Guidestones. This is one of my conspiracy theory things. Okay. But it got blown up yesterday. Or the day before. And then they they completely dismantled it uh, yesterday. But it's in Georgia. And if you aren't familiar with it, real quickly, the story itself goes that the Georgia Guidestones were completely destroyed yesterday. Somebody set off a bomb at the site. And it's it's a very rural area. And they ended up bringing in a backhoe to topple it because... It was based, it was dangerous and it was it was drawing attention. People were going out to go see it after this bomb went off. Um, but the explosion was about four in the morning and they did catch it on a security camera. Oddly, they only have one security camera that was on it and it was lit up, but you can't see what's on the back side. I'm like, if you're if it's important enough to put a security camera on one side, wouldn't you want to at least have two? You would think so. Maybe and and even four. I would think, but at least two so you can catch the backside of what's going on. Because in the video, you can't see anybody approaching or leaving the area. And and it's the the video just all of a sudden, boom, it just blows up. And it's like, well, you didn't see anybody leaving the area. Didn't see they had no footage of anybody approaching it or leaving anything there. So the Georgia Guidestones themselves are perceived by a lot of people to be evil. Um, some call them the the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. Um, there, there's a huge history that goes with this whole theory. A guy back in the 70s had basically funded this, and he went by the name R.C. Christian, um, but that was not a real name. But he funded the entire thing to put these guide stones up. And what they are, there were four stones that were standing up. They were each like 16 feet tall and I don't know, six feet wide. Right. So tall and, and they were they were placed like perpendicular to each other, two across this. And then there was a capstone on top of them overall. So it was like 19 feet tall, okay. like the American Stonehenge or something. Um, but the stuff that was written on them is where things kind of get weird. Um, the Let me go down and grab this real quick, because it's it's not known why this guy did this. Um, all he said was he hoped it would that this would serve as a compass, calendar, and clock, and it could be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. Obviously, somebody found a way to prove that wrong. Um, but he actually brought in, just to give you the background, he brought in a scale model of this. So he put a lot of thought into this and brought it into this company to have them erect it and to to engrave it okay. and put it up. 
Um, go down here. The inscriptions that are on it, as I said, it's kind of like the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. <coughs> um, and it's, it is, the, really, nine of them are not too bad. I mean, nine of them are like, uh, prize truth, beauty, love, seek harmony, balance personal rights with social duties, avoid petty laws and useless officials, let the nations rule internally, resolving external dis disputes, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts, uh, rule passion, faith and tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Right? This all this all sounds like okay. This 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 just sounds like common sense, but the number one that's on here, number one rule or whatever you want to call it, is maintain humanity. Under 500 million in perpetual balance with nation with with nature, which a lot of people took to mean we need to get rid of a lot of people. Yeah, well, that's how I would read into that. <laughs> that's what I would. I mean, pretty cut and dry. <laughs> it basically is saying, okay, 500. Uh, well, which which ones are we going to get rid of? So, and, and when was this supposedly done? This was done in 1979. Okay, and at that point, how many people were in the world? That's a good question. Let me see if I can. Because I would that. think that's it. I think aren't there like Population. I don't even throw out a number. Let's see if we can if we can Google that. Uh, four and a half billion. Four and a half billion. So yeah. that that's almost what taking it down to like what one. About a fourth. About a fourth. The twentieth. Like yeah, probably. Uh, if, I'd say like a, yeah, a sixth, seventh, whatever. <laughs> and we're now at almost eight billion. So wow. we've almost doubled. The world population now. So when it was written, we were at four and a half billion. Okay. In seventy nine, and so just kind of an interesting. I'm like, I, and I just found out about the Georgia Guidestones like a year or two ago. I and I remember the first time I saw them, I'm like, what in the hell is this? And and it refers to different uh, languages. Like it has um, around the edges, they're written translations in four ancient, ancient languages. The translations are written in Babylonian, classic Greek, Sanskrit, and ancient Egyptian with hieroglyphics, as a matter of fact. I mean, they there was a lot of work put right? in. Right. That's, thing. yeah. So either it's legit or did, did it just mess with people, scare people? I don't, that's what I don't understand. And, and I think, I don't even know if he bought the land or if the land still was owned by another gentleman at the time, but, but, and I don't see that right now in the, in the story that they have here, they didn't go into great detail and I'm trying to quickly look this up, but it, that's really not the important part. The important part is that it was put up and that it was blown up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just crazy, like without and, and seeing anybody do right? it. Right. And so on, on social media, then I'm seeing all these people who are hearing of it for the first time. And they're, they're like, how? And people from Georgia, that's the real kicker, is they're like, how did I not even know about this? How, how did I not know that there was this? And there, there's even a candidate that was running for office in Georgia recently who had pointed out that this was there and, and that they believed it was satanic and that it needed to be dismantled and, and done away with. It needed to be destroyed. And then three months, well, it's three months ago. And then three months later, boom, it blows up. So I don't know if that's a follower that did it or. Sounds like it. I mean, who knows? But it sounds it's pretty, but, pretty ironic. For a lot of people, this is going to be their introduction <laughs> to a conspiracy theory, number one, and then a conspiracy theory that came, kind of came, it it, it, it it lives, and people believe in it. So uh, so if you get a chance, check out the Georgia Guidestones and do a little reading. Okay. Kind of interesting. Wow, that's pretty fascinating, so, actually. Yeah. 
So there's that. Um, and then speaking uh, of blowing up, did you see that um, it was a video that was going around? It might have been a couple days, but Beth sent it to me yesterday. Uh, that family that was in their front yard lighting off fireworks in the street. And one, <laughs> it's not fun. Nobody got, I don't think anybody got hurt. But I can't stop. Uh, I can't stop laughing at that video. It's, it looks, it's so disastrous, but it's like this Roman candle or something, whatever. Shrapnel flew into it this. Over, didn't it? It, the Roman candle didn't it like just tip over I and then it shot one off. Well, uh, it looked like they were going a different direction. Like it might have been a, one of those missile thingies because there were a whole bunch of them going everywhere. But one of them hit behind this truck where there was a box of fireworks, and it was like I thought, okay, it's going to be a couple, little explosion. How many freaking fireworks did they have? Like it wouldn't stop going, just going and going, and it was very scary. <laughs> it was very, I'll put a link to that if you guys haven't seen it in the description. Um, it's pretty scary. Um, do you remember? I think it was in San Diego. I'm trying to remember here real quick. Yes. This was the 10th anniversary of the fireworks show in San Diego where they blew everything up in like 30 seconds. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. I, that was unbelievable. <laughs> and they were posting the, the video. Of this, and it was so funny. It was some of the some of the responses, and it, what happened just briefly, exactly what we just said. But San Diego had this massive display ready to go. Everybody's finding their place, you know, to sit down and watch it. It gets ready to roll, and it just all blew up in thirty seconds. Just, like somebody, like it was <laughs> beginning, middle, grand finale, done, like that quick. Done. <laughs> and it was like it was like a cat. It was catastrophic. It just was like terrifying. Oh my god! And you had people like. Did they mean to do that? You could hear people talking. You know, it's like, that wasn't on purpose, was it? There's more, right? It's like, no, that's it. <clears throat> they just blew up the whole boat. So I don't know if, I'd, I don't know if I would have been mad that, it, that my whole night was done in 30 seconds or if I'd have been just so happy that I was there to witness that. I think, right. You know, you'd probably be mad that you weren't there to see it because uh, there were some that were in there like uh, responding and saying, you know, like, imagine getting the text, running a little late, we'll be there in five. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Trying to find a place to park. I'll be right there. You know, it's like it's over, dude. It's it's done. Oh, so the whole funny. town of San Diego, and I say town city, shows up, and they—I mean—they had this massive area just full of people on on their blankets and their chairs. And oh, sorry, that was, was over. That was epic. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I came across something kind of kind of cool the other day. I was doing some uh, spring cleaning in July. Um, but moving some crap around when over the long weekend and uh, cleaning some stuff and doing all this stuff. And I came across a box and I was, I was trying to sort things and get rid of some crap that I don't need to keep moving or I don't need to keep storing. Um, I watched, okay. I watched a declutter movie, uh, series and I'm like, okay, I'm inspired. I'm going to get rid of some crap. Anyway, I came across a box and it didn't have anything written on the outside, which I try to label everything. So I kind of know at least what room it goes into or it came from. Okay. Um, and so open it up and I'm digging through it and it's just some, some crap of mine, no big deal. But there was a, you remember like, like giant tins that you would get cookies in, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. Oh, there yeah. was this giant tin and the minute I saw it, I was just dumbfounded. I thought I'd lost this years ago. I mean, I haven't been able to find, find it. Uh, damn. For almost as long as I've lived in Omaha. Oh, geez. Um, I mean, seriously, I thought it got lost in the move when I moved first moved back to Omaha. Um, and so I was living what in an apartment, I was living downtown. Then I moved to Plattsmouth then I moved to another house and I moved to this house, all those moves I've never come across it. Um, but it was in this box the whole time. And the box though, what was inside the tin was 
like jewelry of mine from like the previous 10, 15 years. Oh, geez. Like we're talking college stuff. And yeah. Very 80s, 90s. TBT. Kind of thing. Um, and all of my earrings, like we're talking over a hundred pair of earrings. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, like, and the way I used to display or, or keep track of my earrings was I put them on washcloths and then pin the washcloths up on corkboard. So they were easy to just hang them or just, you know, put the, the studs through them. Right. It was really easy to keep track of them. And then if you traveled, you just roll them up, yeah, throw them in the tin. Not take a bad off. idea have all my earrings. I didn't need to pick out which ones I wanted when I wanted to go somewhere. Um, but they were all in there. And <laughs> I, I mean, I've been going through nostalgia overload right now uh, the last few days because I can't, this is a pair of them that I've got on. Doo-doo. Ooh, fancy um, hoop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're going to be seeing some new style and I found my earrings. Wow, look at that. <laughs> and yeah, people, You're going to be walking around and the kids here are going to be like, oh my gosh, look at that. It's vintage. JT's so hip. Right. And these are, these are going to be something you spend a lot of money on if mm-hmm. you go to the... Uh, to the re- re- what restore, reuse, recycle store. <laughs> Plato's closet or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I did. I have over 100 pair. And then I've probably talked about this before. It never fails. If you lose an earring or you lose a sock, do not throw the other one away because you will find the other one the minute you throw that one away. Mm-hmm. That's that's just like Murphy's yes. Law. So I have all these this earrings that I have this little stack of them in a jar. And they're, they're one-offs. They, I've lost the other one. I remated like five pairs. Ooh. Because they were in that tin. Wow. Yeah. You're, that's, so you've kept the other one for that long, the other ones for that long. I have this jar of, of earrings, yes. Of randos. Yeah, the randos. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll find one that's like in a drawer somewhere or it's at the bottom of something or in a purse <laughs> that I haven't used for a long time. I'm it, like, oh my it, God, there's an earring. It is frustrating. Oh God, the other one. It's so frustrating when you have a pair of whatever and you lose one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with a sock specifically. I'm, I love like a, like if I find a pair of like socks that I love, I love, I just love, I buy a whole bunch. I love them, but you lose one and it's so <laughs> maddening. And the other one's perfectly good. Mm-hmm. So you don't have, you have no reason to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, re, and I, re, and I respect people that love a good sock. Right. <laughs> so when we went a few months, a month or so ago, when ship show was in town, Amanda and Malia had been out of town for like 10 days. So they asked if they could come to our house and do their laundry. So they did. And at like a, th- a week later, we were doing it. We did our laundry and we found one sock in the washer. I'm like, well, this isn't mine. That's like, this is not hers. So I texted them and sure enough, it was Malia's. So I mailed her one sock. Because like, I know how much, I know how important it is. It not only drives you crazy, but if you have, it, it looked like a decent sock. So I'm like, I'm sure right? she's frustrated. Yeah. I mean, because uh, I love, I, I love a good sock and I'm equally as frustrated when you lose a sock. No, I, I and I'm all about keeping Keeping that that little that little only little only that's now orphaned, mm-hmm. and keeping all the orphans together, because I I guarantee you the minute I get rid of any of them, I will find the the original one, and yeah. and then I'll be like, I just threw the other one away. I know that's how that's going to work. So everything, all my my orphan socks, they're in a bag, in a drawer. Just keeps getting bigger, yeah. and the same with my orphan earrings, they're in a jar. And I just kind of sort through them every once in a while. If I come across one, like I said, pull a purse out of the closet that I haven't used in a while. I grab a jacket and reach in my pocket. And oh my God, there's an earring in my pocket. You know, it's just like, <laughs> go up there and see if the other one's there. And there, lo and behold, I there. just had a ball this weekend matching oh, those bits. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, your 4th of July was lit. 
it was I had fun. a ball this weekend matching those bitches. So now, so, now, so now I feel like I've got a whole new wardrobe, man. I was just like, I've got all these new earrings that I haven't had. Some I will never wear. They'll never see the light of day. Oh, um, God, that's funny. But it's just fun to have them back again. Um, all right. Then finally, the last thing that I have for you today, which this is a game changer for some people. It might not mean anything to others. But if you have Amazon Prime, first and foremost, this is going to be something you want to pay attention to. Effective immediately, if you're a Prime member, you get a free one-year Grubhub membership, no food delivery fees on those eligible orders. Yeah, it's a great, yeah. I, I did hear that, and um, Beth and I talked about that last night, and we, we as a couple, neither one of us have ever used Grubhub or Uber Eats or anything, um, mm -mm. Never, we've never even used other than I think we had pizza delivered one time. We've never had a food delivered, especially for the third party like that, like Uber Eats or whatever. A third, I think I've used third party um, a couple, but usually if I have a coupon, um, because it's like it's an extra $5 or seven on top of your food order. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, for five to seven bucks. But with gas, gas prices, <laughs> you start looking at, hmm, yeah, okay. Which one's going to be more expensive? What makes sense? Um, but yeah. That's a good deal. Grubhub might be something to check out. I already I signed up, so I'm going to see how it works. And it, it takes you through. There's a link to go through. At, it's at Amazon.com backslash Grubhub. And then you just follow the directions to uh, to get yourself hooked up. No, I'm, we're not getting any kickbacks on this. No. So it's really stupid of us. But anyway, the they said zero food delivery. So that can save you some serious money. Sometimes it's $7, $8, $10 yeah. um, to get the food delivered by them. Yeah. But, and, and it's like, it would be, maybe it's a time saver. You got a lot going on. You need to order dinner or whatever. I could totally see that. And the kids use it all the time. And it's just such, without this deal, like they'll get Chick-fil-A and Bennett's had Chick-fil-A delivered when he lived at the house. So it's like Chick-fil-A is 12 bucks plus five to deliver. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? 20 bucks. You could have got a steak. Yeah. <laughs> He's had Indian food. I mean, they've used it a ton, a ton. Well, it might be worth it for them then. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I wonder if Amazon isn't doing this or maybe they're finding some ways to get some promotions together because the fee is going up again. Because I think it was $99 then it was $119. Now it's going to be $139 next January. I'm going to say this well, and I'll, de yeah. I don't, I'll deny that I ever said it, but I would pay double what we're paying now for Prime. It's so, I mean, I'm just saying, and they don't, they, cause it's, you get so much with it. And, but I know, I, I know they'll, I'm, I know they, it's, I know people are probably mad to hear that, but it's true. I would. I'm sure that they make so much money from people who join and never use it. Mm -hmm. um, and then you've got people like us mm -hmm. that every day there's a box joint. Yeah, we're, we're called the loss leaders. <laughs> that and Between that and the fact that so many of the items that when you go to return, sometimes they'll just, when you ask to return it, instead of telling you to take it to Kohl's, they just tell you to keep it. They're going to credit you back. And two other companies just started doing that. Uh, Chewy does that uh, on occasion. Um, I don't know if it's all the time or how they how they handle it, but there was a big story about it because somebody and and this happened to me like when I first got Jack four years ago, mm -hmm. I'd gotten some food and I got the wrong food because it was for an adult pup, adult German Shepherd and he needed puppy food, and so I called about returning this so I could get what I needed, and they said, "Oh, just take it and donate it to the shelter or yeah. you know another food rescue group, and we'll get your other order sent out and we'll we'll credit you back." And I'm like, right. "Wait, what? Yeah, that was so um, that's so cool. It's such a great idea." And isn't Target, is it Target that's doing that now that mm -hmm. your returns, they're just like, just keep it? Yeah, I saw that. I don't, I don't know if it's, what's, if it's like specific things. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't. It doesn't seem like a good business model. 
It doesn't, but they, and they said something about, <laughs> at the end of the, the thing, it was, I saw it on TV and they were talking about it at the very end, they're like, well, they have things in place so people don't take advantage of it. I'm like, everybody's going to take advantage of it. If it's when everything, you, there's no way. When you tell people you don't need to return anything anymore and we'll give you your money back. Who wants to go to Target? Me. Well. <laughs> now. I guess they're just hoping that some people forget. Maybe, don't yeah. Return. I don't know, but. All I know is when Amazon pops one of those off every once in a while, it's just like a bonus. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, but, but usually you're returning it because it either didn't fit, didn't work, didn't match. So it's like, well, you have a lamp here that I didn't really like anyway, but it's free. It's free. So I guess you could turn around, put it on eBay, sell it for five bucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> However you want to do that. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, the Target thing, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. But anyway, so there's your your Grubhub tip. If you're looking to get your food delivered, it might work for you. I don't know. We're gonna, I'm gonna give it a go. We'll see how it, see what happens. So yeah. there we go. All right. So that's all I got today. Just just some conspiracy theories and food and my uh, earrings. I just learned about driveways and um, <laughs> air crashes. Air and crash. Yeah, driveways. You, you air crashes. Yeah, I met a new buddy, a new crash buddy. There you Sarah. go. There you go. That's the summary of the show. Uh, so, Centris, thank you for bringing that to us and to everybody else. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Centris Federal Credit Union still has a great deal for you if you're looking to get a new uh, loan for your home, whether it's a first mortgage or if you're refinancing. Either way, this could be the one that you're looking for. Rates have gone up now sometimes 5 6 7%, depending on where you're going and, and what your situation is. Get on their website. You'll see the information right there on the front page and you can just click right through. This offer is going to be extended or it has been extended through July 29th. Ooh, it's coming up though. Mm -hmm. It's going to hit us fast. It will. And one other thing too, coming up in August, August 7th, and granted we're what, a month out, uh, Nebraska Prostate Cancer, they have an alliance, their their Prostate Cancer Alliance Car Show, and it is presented by Centrist Federal Credit Union at 132nd and... um, right? 132nd and Pacific. Um, but they'll have cars out there that day for people to come out. Plus they're also going to have some free testing for men, uh, over 40 from 10 to two, which Methodist hospital is going to be present for that. But there's more information cruising for a cure Omaha.com. Sweet. Uh, go to the website, Centris's website, more information on that. Also centrusfcu.org or 402-334-7000. Um, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Share it with friends if they don't know about it. Share it with friends please. you don't like. Yes, please. And then rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks. Pat and JT Podcast. A Huda Media Production.